0: This is the Amner Martinez Podcast.
1: Welcome to the Amner Martinez Podcast. My name is Amner Martinez and I will be your host. I am an immigrant from the country of Guatemala and I've been living in Iowa since 1995. My professional background is in the staffing and recruiting industry. And I have been heavily involved in the local entertainment scene for the last 12 years. In this podcast, I will be sharing conversations with local people in entertainment, business, sports, nonprofits, food, arts, and culture. So stick around for some great conversations. Oh, okay. So, all right. So, episode 14. We're on a roll now. I think we do like one, two, three, uh, and then yeah. fall off the radar. And you know
0: what? Like the year's almost over. Kind of. So then we're gonna be doing like another year. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. So um, this uh this next guest that we have is uh, actually from Denver, Colorado. His name is Wesley Watkins. Uh, indie musician Mostly He makes his own music um, Has well, a few
0: Mark, You said indie Independent
1: Yeah Like indip- you know You know yeah, Cool ind- yeah, people yeah. Like yeah. you know We say
0: indie <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh you you talk like that <coughs> That's how you talk My band
1: uh, Yeah Indie Indie Yeah uh, wow, that's so cool. So cool. <laughs> so dope. That's so dope. Uh, <laughs> so, anyways, Wesley Watkins, uh, super cool guy, very nice. He swung through Des Moines and played at Mover Gallery. I just invited him to sit down with me and chat, and we talked about his uh, city that he's releasing and he's touring. For, like, three weeks. Okay, uh, like so
0: Moberg Gallery is the place on Ingersoll.
1: Yeah, Mober Gallery. Where they Gallery.
0: show art and stuff, and then every once in a while they have musicians come through, and then they put on the show. And yep, it's
1: pretty cool. That's it. So, yeah.
0: how do you know Wesley?
1: I met Wesley, uh, like, eight years ago when we did the first uh, Warren Morrow. That, at that point was a concert okay. with the band, Iskali. So, he plays with a, with a bunch of bands and okay. one of them is Iscali, which is a Spanish rock band and yeah that's where we met him he's this uh, weird tall uh, unusually tall trumpet <laughs> player Nice. Um, uh, but super nice and then throughout the years they've been coming um, off and on and how
0: this last uh, show come about
1: he just he just uh, hit me up <laughs>
0: Oh yeah, he was like, "Hey man." <laughs> yeah,
1: he was like, "Hey man, ha- I'm having a hard time booking something in Des Moines." I have
0: an independent show. I have an indie. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, no, he
1: just said, "I'm, I'm, uh, I'm gonna do a tour, and I'm having a hard time finding a place or getting some answer in Des Moines." So I just talked to Ryan Mullen from Moberg, and Ryan kind of took it from there. I just hooked him up.
0: Oh, okay. So yeah. he's trying, like, he was trying to book places. Yeah, everywhere. he was okay. trying to
1: book a. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so that's so that he, is the
0: the musician struggle. The totally. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, okay. yeah. He's do he booked his own tour. Yep, he's he played in Kansas City before here. And okay, he played here, and then he went to Green Bay, and then Chicago, and a couple places. and Then he, I think, right now he's in New York or something. Whoa. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, he's just the the epitome of a independent musician just just doing what he loves to do which i i appreciate i that's intriguing to me you know like somebody that completely follows their path without any compromising of you know what the standards or society tells you so i mean they stayed at the house we you know oh nice yeah yeah, yeah. Cool. so
0: uh, oh so he plays all by himself
1: all of it so it's like it's one him, man band one man yeah yeah, it's pretty, pretty. Yeah, he's talented. Yeah, that's Wesley Watkins. Cool.
0: Let's hear it. You
1: ready to go? Okay. Okay. righty. I, I mean, was listening to your music, so Wesley Watkins. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so where? Let's just start off at what you're doing right now. You're touring.
3: Yeah, I'm. So right now I'm touring in support of a release. At least that's the excuse I'm giving people. Uh, a release I did. Uh, cause I So I've been working on music for a long time, and I never release anything. I just work on it forever. And so I've been trying to be better about that. And mm-hmm. drawing from Denver all the way out to Brooklyn, and then maybe a couple stops on the way back, and then back in Denver by the 19th. It's like 20 days in total of shows. I think in 20 days we have 19 shows.
1: Okay, and this is your, what's, um, second album?
3: This is my second uh, album-ish. I've released a bunch of things over the years, but okay. like in very small ways. Where I, if I wasn't proud of it, maybe I didn't even say anything about it. I just posted it, you know, like. Okay. I, um, but it's the second album that I will have released on a mainstream platform. But I, I think on I think on Bandcamp I got probably four or five albums that's
1: what i yeah that's what i was gonna say so this one is the first one that you kind of were like yeah i want to get behind this one and
3: well no i just (laughs) 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 it's just that i i got a a gig in green bay i got hopeland festival Mm -hmm. and so i wanted to have something because the last time i saw these people who i'm playing this gig with uh i was working with jameson and we were playing Jameson shows and I didn't have anything really to show at mm-hmm. the time. This is the first time I've been out of Denver playing music. So I want to be like, this is what I'm doing right now.
1: Okay. This is your own stuff. Right. Because you've toured with different bands.
3: Yeah. I've toured toured with three or four different bands now. Um, and but never my original music.
1: What's the name of this album?
3: It's called Rain 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 um because i have a song on there called rain okay um and actually it's interesting a lot of the rain dreamer just because a lot of these songs are actually a decade old okay um but i hadn't released them i have a i have a habit of writing for others okay like i'll write a song i like. I'm like dating a girl, and I'm like, "You want to be?" She's like, "I I wish I could sing." I'm like, "I'll teach you how to sing. I'll write you some songs, and we'll record them." And (laughs) then we break up, and that never happens. So then, (laughs) I have, you know, probably a good hundred songs that are around Mm. like that. And uh, so that's (laughs) where Rain actually comes from, Um, because I find sometimes the best way to communicate with people is via art. You know, at least for me, it's kind of my way to communicate. So in Rain, uh, was me communicating just about how. Uh, it's, it is it is a struggle to keep going all mm-hmm. the time, but just because things don't feel like what you expect them to be, that doesn't mean that they are not worthwhile.
1: So let's see if we can. Let's let's try to listen to that song. Give me one second. Okay, it is ready.
2: When the
3: On you, the wind keeps blowing on Listen, Listen to, to her son-
1: T V. hey
3: thanks i like <laughs> that that's a compliment <laughs> if i've heard one right
1: it, d- it does sound uh so tell me about this song
3: well uh well i've had a lot there's been a lot of suicide in life uh mm-hmm. recently mm-hmm. in denver that kind of the artist community as the cost of living is going up seems to be getting more and more depressed and depression's running among and uh
1: Among artists?
3: Among, yeah, artists, um, specifically in like kind of the street art world, like graffiti world, uh, a lot of those cats have passed and then also um, in the musician world, a lot of those cats have passed and a lot of times it's suicide, Mm. which I've been, I've been pretty suicidal and I talk about that pretty regularly because I think a big part of why I've been able to trust the support system that's around me. Is that I, uh, I I can trust that support system around me because mm-hmm. I can't talk about it, mm-hmm. which is not easy to do for anybody, but and maybe especially hard for others. So I wrote this song just to be kind of um, an anthem, if you would, for those who struggle to experience your pain. Because the one way really to move past pain is to communicate about it and to just accept that it's there. Yeah. And maybe you can move past it. If that's not like the wall you're running into, that's going to stop your life, you know. I say, uh, the second verse is, feels like you've got no one to defend, which I think is an interesting thing, you know, because like that's not what you would think about as being something that's painful, but I feel like, in those deepest times when you're feeling depressed, like to be able to have somebody to take care of and who takes care of you is something that you consider a lot, you know. Yeah. Uh,
1: is that um. Is that, like, is there sp- times where you're not, or is it periodically, or is it in the past? Like, how often?
3: I mean, I would say now, nowadays, I find myself, most of the time, A-OK, you know? Yeah. R- I think it's become rarer and rarer, the older and older I get. Sure. But maybe that's because I just have, like, stopped caring as much about the opinions of the world. Sure. Um, But, I mean, there was a period of time where, I mean, it was... More common that I was depressed than not. Um, the second part of that lyric, I think, is the best part. It says, it feels like you've got no one to defend, but don't give up on the conflict. Just accept and dissent. Because the conflict of, like, your relationships with others does not define really who you are. You
1: know. mm-hmm. um, so it's a pretty, pretty deep song.
3: I'm really bad at writing, like, just fun songs. <laughs> all my <laughs> All my songs are, like, going to make <laughs> you think... But it's kind of fun because like if some of them you can dance to, you know, not all of them, yeah. but some of them you can dance to. And if you find yourself like at a show and you're like dancing and then you catch like the lyrics then I can like kind of trick people into me like being like.
1: So you wh- where would you put your music? I mean, let's I guess let's listen to
3: another song on that on the album. Sure.
1: Um, Which one do you want to hear? Dreamer. Just because.
3: Oh, you should do Dreamer. Dreamer. OK.
2: Here we split into a billion stairs where I might just see the end and if I can't
0: wake up it's my request request that you will join me
1: It, <laughs> it sounds very like you're entering into a
3: different dimension. Yeah, you know that my nickname is Cosmic Slim. <laughs> is it? Sense. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, but was I that
1: your intent with that sound, with that part of it?
3: I don't think it was ever my intent, but I feel like all of all of my I've heard for a long time that all my music has like kind of an otherworldly vibe to it. Maybe it's just because I use too much reverb. I don't know.
1: Where where do you put your music in? Because um, I was listening to the music. And I was trying to, like, put it in a category, but it, it's a little bit harder, which is a good thing.
3: Yeah. I I don't know. I <laughs> This happens all the time where <laughs> I have, like, you know, I'll go to the jazz jam, and the cat's at the jazz jam, they're like, oh, the pop cat's walking in. Then I go to play a gig with the pop cat, and they're like, oh, the jazz cat's walking in. Okay. And I go to play with the rock band, and I go, oh, look, the hip-hop head is here. And I, I go see. to play with the hip-hop band, and I go, oh, look, the rocker's here, like... I don't, and I, I mean, I take influence from all of those genres, but then also, like, a way I write often is I try and, like, a, a lot of my writings will start with an exercise. Uh, like, for a while, I was just writing a song a day, and that was my exercise. Uh, mm-hmm. Recently, Dreamer, there, I was like, even though Dreamer started years ago, written as a, I was working What's on a thing? musical, uh-huh. and I was like, what? I'm writing a musical, so I never finished it, of course but there's a bunch of songs that i have that come from that musical dreamer was one of them but i lost that notebook so i'd forgotten about it i was playing a brunch gig one morning and it like came but just the chorus of it came back to me so i actually had to rewrite the verses because i couldn't remember them um but at the time i had decided that i wanted to start writing more doo-wop music because i was like parliament was a doo-wop band i'm kind of into doo-wop and so i like. Started researching doo and like looking up big names and then I realized halfway through that doo wop music and soul music are kind of just the same thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there I would put Dreamer maybe in that category, doo-wop or soul or R and B, but at the same token right now I'm working on writing a hip hop album for a show I have back in Denver opening for the Fireside. So like <laughs> that might end up on si- an album that has a doo wop <laughs> song, but like what do you call the music as a work? It's hard yeah. to say because I change it up a lot, you know.
1: Yeah, and you also do a lot of I mean, you are the writer? Mm-hmm. You sing in it?
3: Yeah. I you do everything in it. That actually, Dreamer has a lot of synth bass, which is what I do. But then Dreamer is one of the two songs on the record that has a different person on it. And that's Kramer Kelling plays bass guitar on the first verse of Dreamer. Okay. Uh, and then on Accept the Pain, Bianca McCon is doing the rap verse. And otherwise, there is no other. It's all me.
1: Okay. So you're. So what? Like, how does this happen? You go into the studio and you put this part of the music first then you put it on top like how does that work
3: for those songs i've just been working on them gradually over the years you know yeah um and then some things come fresh so like except the pain was pretty new and i wrote it i played it with the band taught it to a band back in denver and then when i went to record it i just you know i it's already part of it's probably already on my computer and i just plug in my synth and record the synth and, and i go from there do 10 billion vocal takes. That <laughs> <are> <laughs> That's probably scary. I should just keep the first one always. But <laughs> so no th- th-
1: this is a lot of time. You're spending a lot of time with yourself. Yeah. right.
3: I, yeah. I've been, you know, Other Black is a big band. There's uh-huh. 16 of us. Uh-huh. There used to be 27 of us. And I really enjoy the experience of playing with a big band. Uh-huh. But it's hard to maintain... One, it's hard to maintain quality in relationships because humans are flawed, myself included. Sure. Two, it's hard to maintain consistency in art when you're working with sixteen people trying to achieve one vision.
1: Because there's a lot going on in this mus- in this sound. Yeah. Like this, like Dreamer.
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, I think the track that has a the smallest amount of individual tracks on it, it has a hundred and twenty-five tracks playing you know in w- one song really no i'm way overproducing. <laughs> <laughs> but it
1: when it'll when you put it together it's pretty dope i mean it's it does feel like it, there's a bit of an elevation of, of of your like when you hear it it starts one little sound comes in and then it escalates all of the sounds are coming in yeah is that like a peak you, is that part of your like you kind of graduate like to a peak point where now everything is playing at one yeah, point.
3: Yeah, exactly. That's, you know, the peak of the song. I think, as a art school kid, you know, I went to, I grew up m- for high school, I was playing a lot of classical music with big ensembles, wind ensemble, orchestra, symphony, you know, mm-hmm. massive choirs. Uh, and I think that's how classical art kind of works, you know, and so I think that.
1: So that's a little bit of an influence of that, yeah. of how you build it up to.
3: Um, yeah to a peak or you start on the peak and then come way down you know (laughs) so i teach audio production which is part of why i can make a record by myself is because i've had good friends who have taught me over the years um and so i i teach high school so i teach high schoolers how to make trap beats so
1: where do you get where do you make the sounds Then do you make them with like another instrument and then put them into the computer and then the computer
3: it's a mix i try to as much as i can play acoustic instruments on every song but like most of the drums on the record are production drums you know okay um sometimes I'll sample acoustic drums and pair them with my production drums but there's never a drummer playing really okay uh and then my like the key stuff like the bell sound or whatever I always write them on piano but then I'll play them in my on my synth and then I'll work on making a synth sound for a bit of time and uh I try to put trumpet on every song I can think of yeah I like to pair trumpet with synth because it sounds like a elevated trumpet section which is nice um I try to put piano or organ on everything because I have those available to me and I try to use as many instruments as I can before I use the computer the computer is to supplement whatever I can't already do by myself I
1: gotcha how many instruments can you play?
3: No strings. I mean, I can oh, y- play ukulele. Okay. okay. A little bit.
1: So guitar is kind of not your realm.
3: Guitar is like speaking Mandarin after speaking Latin your oh, entire life. Okay. It, it makes no sense to me. Oh. So no bass, no guitar, no violin, no cello, okay. no strings. Um minus ukulele, which maybe shouldn't count. Uh and but then I do all the brass. Um dabble in brass winds like saxophone and okay. flute and stuff, but I'm not very good at them. I know maybe like, you know, a few keys on each of those. And then I...
1: You're s- a trumpet player.
3: I'm a trumpet player. But, I, you know, I was in the arts high school, I was a tuba player as well. <laughs> so I don't... So I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I've been singing longer than I've been doing any of it. And I've been playing piano uh, longer than anything other than... Ha- my first instrument was actually harmonica, okay. which I am... I think my skill level with harmonica. Where's your harmonica? Well, I don't bring it because my skill level stayed oh, the okay. same age. I got gotcha, you. I got okay. it when I was in first grade, and oh. I think I still have the same harmonica, and I still sound the exact same on it, which is so. Terrible. What was your
1: first instrument? The harmonica was yeah. Who gave it to you?
3: My dad. Okay. Because I wanted. It. Well, it's because in first grade, there was like this Motown review show. They brought in this like, Motown choreographers, and they yeah. like had all of us learn this choreography. Where is this? In Denver. Okay. with my elementary school okay and they're like, yeah so you're gonna everybody was like a different character like there was like first grade four tops and first grade like temptations and I was I got young and old Stevie Wonder and <laughs> young Michael Jackson really And so the for the Stevie Wonder song was fingertips and you like all of us were like lip syncing you know uh-huh. like I went to I had the harmonica that's why you had it was we needed it as a prop and
1: did, and you played it kind of or no i was just, just lip singing live-sing. but
3: <laughs> i didn't understand how it works so there's a moment where i like accidentally b- breathed too heavy into the microphone or into the <laughs> harmonica and it made a squeak and it was embarrassing I when did
1: you that. start like playing music when
3: i mean i grew up in a church so i've been singing forever you know okay um but i Since think i started playing piano when i was maybe 10 or 11 okay but just like writing little songs and I learned but how that to read. That was your first you know.
1: instrument? So singing was the first thing you did with music?
3: Singing, yeah. And like then in the choir? In choir, with my mom, with my oldest sister, just in general. yeah, singing with As long as I can recall, I was always wanted to play trumpet, even if I didn't have one. Okay. And then my parents, when I got into middle school, they were like, Oh, you can join band and you can get a, rent a trumpet for free from the middle school. So then I got a trumpet. And I think a week ago, I just hit my 20-year mark. With trumpet,
1: oh, playing trumpet, yeah, nice. So, here we are. Wow, so you joined band high school,
3: yeah. I, well, I joined band in middle school, and then for high school, I went to an arts high school, okay, um, which was kind of like fame. Also, I came from like not the nicest neighborhood, so okay. how I did
1: you get into uh, an arts school, an arts high school?
3: I mean, I auditioned, but I think affirmative action, if I'm being real. <laughs> because i was not very good like i didn't you know i would practice i did practice constantly i had the drive which i do think they recognize but compared to like students who have been able to take like lessons that cost hundreds of dollars every month and my family couldn't afford that Uh, but yeah interesting thing you know growing up in montbello which is like at the time was like black and mexican and then military housing okay and so there's a weird mix of people there and lots of fights and gang violence and then i go to high school and it's arts high school uh, people from all over the state of colorado which are not that is not very diverse okay everybody wants to hug me my first six months at dsa i got called into the office maybe a few too many times like wes you can't push somebody for hugging you (laughs) Like, they shouldn't <laughs> touch me if really. they don't ask me. Yeah. You should keep your hands off of me. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Which I still so believe. So you were like, oh. So mostly white then?
3: Mostly white. Okay. Very, very small percentage of black students or minority students in general at that school. I think it's better now.
1: How was that experience?
3: Uh, it was informing. It, You know, it's not ideal because I felt out of place for a number of reasons. I felt out of place because now this black community which already i did have struggles with because i i was a military family you know okay uh so like the black community I'm, I'm a nerd i'm like comic books i'm like was a smart kid a good student until i didn't graduate <laughs> and uh <laughs> but like the black community kind of like i wasn't hard enough for that particular black community like yeah wasn't encountering in Montbello often really progressive minorities. Yeah. I was encountering like poverty written, downhearted minorities, yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, so that community, when I went to arts high school, really kind of ostracized me. But mm-hmm. Meanwhile, I wasn't accepted into this community necessarily. I mean, I did end up having my community by the time I left that school. But when I first got in, I felt that... Um, so I mean, on, on one
1: side, you were not hard enough. Yeah. Or not what
3: not stereotypically hard uh, enough, enough. I would say, yeah you know and
1: then you go into this high school
3: and the other side was i didn't have enough money yeah. i don't know like okay. i wasn't that's
1: kind of a weird middle place where
3: yeah
1: neither here from neither he from here nor there
3: yeah but the teachers at the school are all cool because they all have a, their own art medium so like my english teacher i would go into english class and he'd sit down and play piano you know like i okay yeah, I just I go into French class, and she's just beautiful because she was a model for years and loves fashion. You know what I mean? Like, so all of the teachers, I think that was a big part of my community. Mm-hmm. My oldest sister always has like been a very big grounding staple, uh-huh. and eventually over the years, I made you know friends at the arts high school. Um, yeah, some of so them are still friends.
1: <laughs> so you would get to the high school. You get to the high school. You audition. You make it in. You find your way through it, mm-hmm. and then. Is that where you, like, so trumpet, you've been playing trumpet this whole time.
3: Yeah. Well, and then I end up in so deep in the music scene in Denver because my parents actually get a messy divorce a week before my 18th birthday. Okay. And I end up homeless. Oh. And sometimes I could stay with friends, but sometimes I couldn't because, you know, I was a senior in high school. Yeah. So my friends, they all went to colleges, you know, arts high school, you know, a lot of them went out of the state, you know, to colleges. Uh, and I didn't see anybody I didn't have a cell phone I didn't have any documents I had to work really hard Get a lawyer Get my documents So I just started playing trumpet On the streets for like All day Six. I would play 16 15, 16 hours a day regularly Really? And then I would take tips I'd go to the 24 hour coffee shop Which just this year Is not 24 hours anymore But I'd go to the 24 hour coffee shop And I'd buy a cup of coffee And I would Sit there all night And I would write in my notebook And
1: Huh Okay wait a minute Wait a minute <laughs> So your parents got divorced. Did you choose not to go with either one of them?
3: Oh, well, so I couldn't. My mom went to a shelter the week before I turned 18. So I couldn't go with her because I was turning 18 the next week. It's okay. a women's shelter. Oh. Um, so you
1: had to find your way because you're an adult now. Yeah. And quote, unquote.
3: I, when I was a minor, a restraining order was filed against my dad. So I couldn't because, like... The way the system works, if sure. a minor, that had to be handled in court of law. A minor order was filed of a legal guardian. And then you turn 18, you can't be in the women's shelter after you're 18.
1: So. Yeah, so you were literally yeah. on your own.
3: Yeah, which I think is good, because then I played trumpet all day, every day, and I would sleep on the light rail as soon as it stopped running, and then all of a sudden I was in one band, and then I was in two bands, and then I was in ten bands. Really? And then I started quitting bands. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> like, okay,
1: one too many bands. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. this all went down uh, in 18, 19, 20?
3: Yeah, it was 17 to around 20. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: So were you homeless last? Those all those?
3: Yeah. Well, sometimes I would look out and like a friend would be like, hey, come stay on my couch for a month. or like, "Okay, hey, come... I mean, that was always it. Yeah. Well, you know, that's I mean.
1: kind of that's kind of impact your writing and the way you look at life.
3: Totally. I mean, I think what every artist needs is time mm. to be able to do what you want. And I felt hopeless. I felt like there was no way to get out of the situation I was yeah. in. So I put all of my time, which was the one thing I had readily, into playing trumpet right. and writing music. And so the, I think the influence there is profound for me which is probably also why i have over a thousand songs i've written you know
1: yeah i mean in retrospect you look at it as like i had a lot of time yeah but you were struggling i mean you're you know does that influence your writing too i mean you had time so you played your instrument yeah and then is there a specific song that like you would be like this would be you know it's a song that i could put and it would represent me at that time
3: Absolutely. I mean, so the other black album, which I've been working on for almost a decade, uh, that album is really about that time I spent homeless. You know, it's funny because I've worked on it for so long that it can represent many times in my life. Sure. Uh, but all of those songs were initially written when I was homeless and like struggling with that. You know, that, that's what that album's about.
1: The and the other black is what, is it a band?
3: That's my sixteen-person band in Denver. Okay. mm-hmm it's
1: You had that band, or
3: yeah, it's so it's it is the band version of my solo project. I write like all the parts and everything, and I still sing lead, and I rap, and I still play trumpet. I still play, but I have another trumpet player who plays. Like there's a keyboard player, so I don't have to. I can. Uh, I'm my job is to sing and to perform and be like this master, but I wrote all the stuff still. Um, uh-huh. So that's that. Uh, it's the same. It's my solo project. Who it's named
1: why the other black? Who named it? Who came up with the name?
3: I named it before I even formed the band, which has gotten me into trouble, <laughs> because I live in Denver. So yeah. the band is white mostly, you know. <laughs> um, you don't like find 16 musicians in a room in Denver, and you're not gonna be in a room above 16 yeah, and eight eight of 16 musicians in Denver. live for my black, band, right? Yeah,
1: sure. Why not? What's the name of your band?
3: Yeah, it's the other, other black. They're you know, like, um but it started because i was in new orleans actually with my friend i was uh in kansas i stayed with in kansas city last night i'm in new orleans and i had been playing with this band and we'd been having some problems and i was really thinking about a big problem was that they wouldn't play my music it was too weird uh-huh. i said uh and my friend was like yeah whatever maybe you should just do your own music you know and we were in new orleans and i was like walking around thinking about it and thinking about where i was struggling and I got lost in thought because I was looking around and I was like, wait a second, like, the black people here are different than what I've grown up with. Oh, okay. But it's because I grew up in a neighborhood where to be, like, a progressive minority was not necessarily a hip thing, you know? Okay. Um, Yeah, I mean, I got teased for playing trumpet when I was in middle school and even high school, even though I was in arts high school, you know, I got teased for that. Then I go to New Orleans playing in new orleans and black people are like people walking up that i realized i was stereotyping because like i'll never forget this one dude it's 100 degrees 100 percent humidity <laughs> my first day in new orleans in life all right my thing you know i'm gonna go to my, to my roots i go and i sit on the street take on my shirt and i'm sitting playing trumpet this dude walks up black dude pretty big he's in a north faces jacket zipped all the way up long dreads big sunglasses and i was like oh no this fool's gonna come fuck with me yeah that been my experience in Denver like I'd had that happen. Yeah. He comes up and he says respect and he drops in like $5 and walks away and I was like, "What? Respect?" And I, yeah, and I was like, "What's happening?" you know, and then that entire time I remember like we'd go out, we'd go to the not the clubs, but go to the bars and like you'd see black women in evening gowns and I was like, yeah. see dudes in suits and like everybody was like dressed well and like really spoke well and like it was a different It was to me exactly that. I was like, it's the other black out here. This is where I belong. Oh, okay. I see. Um, And so the concept, I think, has evolved a little bit more now to me, where now uh, I can see that I had that experience. And like, the other black to me represents kind of like, because it's very, I'm working on graphic novel and all this stuff. It's very space oriented, you know? And uh, it's like. Your
1: music is kind of spacey. I am spacey.
3: (laughs) I am a space cadet. I am a space cadet.
1: (laughs) But you say you rap. Mm hmm which song uh uh, let's which song has a little bit of rap in it
3: let's see uh let's do a bear witness this one i did with uh, kaylin heffernan in denver who just was rolling for mayor she's in a wheelchair so she can't she can't walk but she just she just ran for mayor.
0: Given that time was suspended, given what space apprehended, given the way that I feel, it seems we're stuck here in a wheel. And the wheel keeps moving forward, but we keep feeling
3: cornered. And it's torture, drawn and quartered, borders without board, bored with monotony. She can't describe us, because we both say it's not me. Lots free, but it's crowded, clouded with their baggage. They keep moving on, their spots filled with our new song.
1: It's very experimental.
3: Yeah, it's, it's weird.
1: I mean, you guys are not, uh, or you guys are not playing
3: within anybody's rules. No, no. Well, I'm playing within my rules. <laughs> but I mean, like, I don't know. I I feel that there's a fine line between influence and appropriation. Okay. And I feel like as soon as you get on the, because it's hard to get on that side of the line of influence, but as soon as you get on that line, the more you dive into that, the more it sounds experimental okay because like all of a sudden you're not doing things based off of what somebody else has done you're doing things based off of what has influenced you feels good you know i gotcha yeah so i would say it's it's experimental but there's just influence from you know kaylin is as much punk as she is hip-hop you know
1: yeah so when you like do you have the sound already in your head what's your process so the sound is in your head and then you start putting it or is it backwards? Did you start going with it and then th- you hear something and you're like, I like this?
3: Uh, uh, I would say yes, both. It <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, sometimes, Some once in my life, I was in a big fight. I turned around. I was like, this fight is foolish to me. I'm going to write music and my piano was in my room. And I turned around and I wrote an entire song just heard every word every chord just wrote it out turn around and the person who i was in a fight with before was just sobbing so that wasn't fun but i think there is something to be said so your about your methods
1: that. are also <laughs> out there yeah
3: because but i mean like it was just some that's the only time that's happened where i knew everything you know um otherwise i mean a lot of times i'll hear Maybe a few words and a melody, and like have an idea of what the chords sound like, and know like the groove. A lot of times I will hear like a general picture, but sometimes I just hear like just a melody and I'll record the melody, and then later I'll play the melody on my phone and figure out the chords, or vice versa. All right, now also, like I said, I write with exercises often, so if I'm like I'm having trouble making a synth sound that can cut through a mix, but I'll listen to a song that I like and then I'll try to recreate the synth sound that i like and then base a song off of that you know or if i'm like i've been having trouble with this aspect of production with drums i'll listen to a song where i like those drums and i'll try to recreate those drums so i can practice that element and then that ends up being its own thing
1: i gotcha so who are your influences
3: oh it's all over um Uh, Well, I always have to say Sly Stone. I love Sly and the Family Stone. Okay. Sly Stone's a big influence. Uh, Sam Cooke is a big influence. Um, Living Color is a big influence. Um, I don't know. I mean, all of... As far as my trumpet playing goes, I think I can credit that to Lee Morgan, Ella Fitzgerald, and then mariachi music. Okay. Um because mariachi was the music when i started playing mariachi that was something that was now like super challenging i couldn't intuitively do it yeah. I, I had to work really hard on yeah, it yeah yeah yeah. and i mean vo- for her vocals all of that hip-hop i like a lot of people i've been listening to a lot of j cole and i have been listening to some kendrick and i like old school stuff i like outcast a lot but yeah i don't know my influences are kind of like
1: you do dress like Andru- Andre 3000.
3: People always say that. It's you're so funny because I was such a late bloomer because I grew up so Baptist. I couldn't even listen to Outkast as a kid. And really? then when I finally heard Outkast and saw them, I was like, that's who people have been talking about. <laughs> <laughs> like that is the I didn't that is know. The <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was wondering what people meant when they said three stacks to me for probably five, six years. What uh, do you mean? Three yeah, stacks. Yeah. Like,
1: So because, yeah, you're like, how tall are you? Six three. You're tall, and then you wear like shoes with platforms. I've seen you wear
3: shoes with. I platforms. know that's why I asked where the vintage store was, because I need new shoes, and I was like, maybe I can get some platforms. Yeah, <laughs>
1: what's that about you? I mean, it's usually people that are tall they want to like kind of go lower.
3: <laughs> well, I love soul train. <laughs> 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 you wear platforms. I'm like, I want their clothes.
1: So yeah, you have. Uh, how would you put your style? So you wear hats.
3: I'm a hat connoisseur. I love a good hat. Okay. Um, I, I probably have about 100 hats now.
1: Nice.
3: Um, I love a good jacket. I think from when I was homeless, I don't have like a gauge of temperature because when you're homeless there's no choice. Like if you're cold, you're going to be cold. It, you're probably going to be fine, but you're going to be cold. If yeah. you're hot, you're hot, you're, you know, there's nothing yeah, you can yeah, do. Yeah. So I, I'm always in a jacket. I love a good jacket. Because sure. it's way more comfortable to be sweating than it is to be freezing. <laughs> um <laughs> So I always have a jacket and if I, si- if I find something that I like and I, I buy it and then i somewhere else and I see something that matches it, I buy it. And that's how like most of my outfits get made these days. But I swear what happened, how I ended up dressing the way I do is when I was homeless, people were just giving away clothes. They'd be like, this is too weird. This is like this jacket's too weird. I'll never wear it going to throw it away, and then i probably think,
1: and oh, you catch it in the air, like, yeah. I'll take it.
3: Ah, yeah, and then you're <laughs> like, oh, well, Wes doesn't have, like, a jacket. I yeah. should give it to Wes. So I ended up with some kind of wacky clothes over that time, and that's yeah. what, like, when I finally had a place where I could p- keep stuff, that's what established what my fashion became, I think.
1: I see. And so it all started, so it's effortless, right? Like, it, you seem like an effortless person. Like, you don't
3: put a lot of effort into, no. I mean, the only thing I do put effort into, I think, is, trying to figure out exactly who i am sure because if i could know that then i if if i'm comfortable in my own skin i'm not going to be nearly as judgmental of how people are in their own skin because the more comfortable i get in my own skin the more i realize that i am just flawed
1: yeah 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 (laughs) you know the the best thing to do is to know that we are completely full of uh, flaws and uh and that's okay yeah so you wouldn't put your style in uh I mean, Andre 2000 comes to mind.
3: Yeah, I mean, but then I, when I think about Andre, I think about, like, at one point in his life, Andre 3000 was in, like, baggy jeans and, like... Yeah,
1: when they did... uh.
3: Dodo No, Stangonia?
1: No, no uh, the uh, first one, uh Deli Cadillac Music. Oh, yeah, yeah. Something like that. Oh.
3: Uh, what is... Southern Playlist of Cadillac Funk Music. Yes. That's it. Yes. <laughs> Which is, like... A such a great homage to Parliament, who I also love.
1: Yes. So and then and then his style evolved into like, I haven't seen him in a while, but um, he was wearing like furry mm-hmm. uh, pants at one point. Yeah. <laughs> but it made sense, though. You know, like like what you wear, like yeah, that's you pull it off. Some people can pull it off, some people can't.
3: I just don't um, think about it really most of the time. Right.
1: But let's listen to one more song before before we end this excellent conversation
3: thank you for having me also
1: um let's listen to one from the album that you're touring with right now rain all right um now we're gonna listen to rain The s- the t- the title track the title track of the album rain by wes watkins When do you know to, like, make that higher, like, not higher, but, like, more, uh, I don't know, uh, stronger voice, and then the softer, like, when do you know?
3: Oh, um, okay, so usually when I write a song, I love the Temptations and Parliament and all that, you know, and there was a lot of different singers. Sure. So usually when I'm writing a song, I'm thinking about, it, so, oh, somebody else would come in and sing here. I see. Um, But then I maybe have a, a multiple personality disorder <laughs> or something. And, like, I have... You know, all these characters have names in in my head. Really? You know? If you look at my files, like, they all have names. You know? So I'm like, oh, yeah, well, like... They all have, like, personalities kind of associated with them, too. So it's like... Like, the character Cosmic Slim, my nickname, is uh-huh. not one person. It's two people. Okay. Cosmic is, like, down here, and he's always like, well... Okay. He's like a know-it-all, and like... <laughs> <laughs> well, I was on the streets for 16 years, and I, uh, you know, yeah, like yeah,
1: yeah. What well, are you gonna tell me about life? Yeah,
3: exactly. Yeah. Slim, Slim's a high voice. He talks really nasally, and he's like kind of ratchet, and <laughs> like he's also a know-it-all, but mostly like he just wants to party and have a good time, you know. Yeah. But he's always good, probably gonna talk about something real. Yeah. And then you have. Cordley Chevalier and Cordley Chevalier talks real soft. He's always cool. He's dressed to the nines and nobody's sure about his sexual orientation. Uh-huh. But Cordley Chevalier is definitely a ladies man. Uh and then yeah, there's a bunch of different characters, you know, and so it just depends kind of on the content like Yeah. If something's not yeah. working, I'm not going <laughs> to force it, you know what I mean? Like if yeah. it's not like I'm not That's part of why I haven't released as much music as I could have. Yeah. Cuz I could have released probably 20 albums by now, you know? Yeah. Um, but I, if it doesn't feel right to me, it doesn't feel like something I want to listen to fully, then like, I'm not going to force it. I'll yeah. let it sit there and come back to it and listen to it again and be like, oh, this should be added. This feels a little better. This is okay. closer to what I wanted. Yeah.
1: Where some people force it and then you can tell it's forced and it's like, yeah, I can hear it. Or, you know, like people dressing, you know, Yeah. like, oh, that, Person shouldn't be wearing that. I mean, you can tell. It's real. Yeah. So I I think we, as humans, we can feel that, right? We can feel if somebody's being real and not. So yeah. you're one of the realist motherfuckers right now.
3: Hey, thanks. Yeah, you're you a cool too. guy, man.
1: I appreciate you coming. Um, it's funny that you mentioned Mariachi because you play with uh, Migue, mm-hmm. and his band Iskali um, that is also from Denver. And that's how we met like eight years ago. Uh, you guys came and played, and I was like, "That's a cool band."
3: Yeah, I, I knew it. I knew it right before Miguel, and then I think Miguel saw me playing. I was playing with this band called Pedals of Spain, and um, Pedals of Spain played a show with this and I saw Miguel and I heard this Ma- music, and I think this is maybe even before right before Brenda was in the band. And I okay. Was like, hey, if you ever need a trumpet player.
1: And you've you've been on their records too, right?
3: Yeah, I think I've done the past three with them now.
1: Who so else have you done records with? I know there's one right there that last... Uh, that was the one before the last. Yeah. Who else do, y- do you have uh, records with?
3: I've done that. I've done Iskali Records. I've done uh, Nathaniel Wait for the Night Sweats record. Uh, I've done Horns on a Record of Glowing House. I don't know. I've probably done a bunch of session stuff that I forgot about. <laughs> but i don't so know those basically
1: if it's music and you like it and they pay you <laughs>
3: <laughs> pays not even always a thing if i really believe in something i will do it nice because that's how i have existed in music is that people have supported me when i needed support yeah. you know and so if i believe in something i will do it it's not so much about the money yeah. if you can it's nice if you can't like the thought it's th- it is a thought that counts you know right right
1: yeah. awesome man well, right now you said you're going to go to either the Papa, John, Papa John's Sculpture Park and just play out there for fun.
3: Yeah, well, I was going to go and try and entice some people, some more people into coming to the show because, you know, this is my first time playing my music in Des Moines. So mm-hmm. I've been hooking up the PA in the van and opening all the doors <laughs> and jumping on the roof and like,
1: I think we want to see that, that, that. <laughs> are you guys still? Are you guys still going to do that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think I think I want to tag along. All right, come on. <laughs> All right, well, thank you very much, man. I appreciate it. Um hopefully we'll see you soon. You're going to play at Moberg. I'm sure when we put this out, it'll be way a weeks before after that. So, yeah. uh but hopefully you come back.
3: I will. And thank you so much for having me. All
1: right, man. Thank you. Yep. Uh, uh <laughs> So that's Wesley Watkins. Um look him up on Baden, band camp are you sick yeah <laughs> like bang I'm, I'm fine you're fine <laughs> okay but yeah look up look up uh his music um i after hearing it there's a lot of like lo-fi hip-hop and i'm like really into that lo-fi hip-hop that's part of the intro, if you... Like, yeah, the intro of the, like, the, yeah, the podcast. So, um, anyways, great story, great artist. I really enjoy talking to Wesley. He's a great guy. I mean, uh, you know, uh, talking about suicide and talking about being homeless. And, you know, that's not necessarily what anybody would want to talk to, but that's what makes him an artist, you know, his experience. And, and uh, uh, he expresses himself through music, so... Thank you, by the way, for uh, editing this. If this podcast sounds as, as good as it does, it's because...
0: Because of me. It's because, because it. of me. That That's <laughs> correct. It's because of me.
1: So this is a new one.
0: We should change the name. It should be The Kenji Podcast.
1: <laughs> I was actually excited about this one because this one's different, you know? This one's different. This is the first time that... That uh, I speak with a musician that has his original music, and I just kind of saw it as a, you know, as a review. So, uh, and I knew it was gonna be a little bit technically. It wasn't that challenging, was it?
0: Not for me. Yeah, Not it would have been for me. No.
1: <laughs> it was taking me months. So sorry, man. You, no, I'm just it, kidding. You got it put together in like under two hours. So, so that's pretty cool. Anyway, so um, so go to Bandcamp.com. It's called
0: Bandcamp.com. It's like a MySpace, but you can buy music. Right. And it's not confusing.
1: Super easy. Yeah, it's a
0: lot easier to, to navigate than MySpace ever was.
1: Anyways, uh, have you seen the latest Dave Chappelle? Yeah. What do you think? That was funny. Funny to me. Do you think it
0: you I was like f- ooh yeah some people are going to
2: uh-huh. like be
0: stupid yeah and, and get, cry about it yeah which there is Yeah uh, I mean but I don't know I just always I think uh it has a lot you know the fact that I that I was I, I was always a fan of George Carlin and it made me like uh realize that you know just like he always did say you know that you can joke about anything yeah and uh, and that's what it was, you know. He was joking about things that, you know. I, I think a lot of people, you know, I don't know, man. I I don't want to insult people, but I was like, fuck, dude, just, you know, Where's can you sense just find the, you know, you know, that there there could be a funny side to anything, right? You know, right. And um, death. Yeah, whatever it is, you know, like don't take yourself so fucking seriously that yeah. you. You I can't think take we a, joke, had a lot. I think know. we've
1: lost some sense of humor as a society. Yeah, people, people are just,
0: you know... I don't know, man. Like, I, whenever I come across people that have that kind of sense of humor, you know, where it's, like, twisted. I know? mean,
1: I think Dave Chappelle is untouchable right now as far as comedy goes. He's, like, on a different level than well, anyone yeah. else.
0: Yeah, it's because he goes where nobody's going. Yeah. And he takes, you know, big... Risks. That's the way I saw it, you know, and like I knew, like from watching it, and uh some of those jokes, you know, I realized that, <laughs> and I was like, "Fuck, oh man!" Like people are gonna, like, yeah. he's gonna get some heat over yeah. this,
1: you know. Um, I think there's several groups. There's like LGBTQ, some some LGBTQ yeah, people. I mean, he uh, went, like, TV, yeah, he just went Michael Jackson.
0: Yeah, he like the whole like. The whole pedophile thing—it's <laughs> uh, all so twisted, man. Yeah, that is so twisted. But you know, like I get the I get the humor of it. You know, I think I, some people have to push terrible, the limit, you know. But
1: I think some people have to push the limit in order to test the system, right? Like freedom of speech—how much can you say? Uh, because supposedly that's the number one, you know, First Amendment is freedom of speech. He's doing exactly that. It's just like I think he thing.
0: I think he's really pointing out the 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 whole hypocrisy of people, you know, saying stuff like, "Oh, well, you, you know, like we're so tired of you know political correctness," and then here here he comes along <laughs> with you know exactly that, yeah. but you know, being politically incorrect, uh-huh. just saying you know like pushing it, you know, with you know those jokes, and uh, and then people are like, ah! no." yeah you know man, like he it, went everywhere yeah he was all over the place man and
1: so you're all about it i thought it was yeah i think man, it's like, like a you masterpiece know, I just,
0: you know what i do like i i don't get offended with shit you know i um i was brought up in an environment where it's like you're constantly roasted you know yeah. all the time so you know i've heard like all kinds of you know, like growing up in Mexico
1: people are like oh, You constantly roast me.
0: Yeah, and then it's like <laughs> No but you know well yeah, that's I think that's just part of my like uh defense mechanism that they got developed over years and years of you know, people always messing with me. Yeah. Like because I was like that the one Asian guy in Mexico. In Mexico. And then people like would tease me like by my eyes, They're like oh, you got slanted eyes, you know. Or they look like uh, stretch rubber bands. And uh, now looking back, that's fucking hilarious <laughs> to me, you know. Like, I would get so, like, offended by yeah. it. And I would choke up and and uh, feel, like, helpless or yeah. whatever. But, you know, just go, looking back, I'm like, damn, that's that's really horrible, you know.
1: But that's funny. As funny as that.
0: Whatever, you know, like, I, I just... Like there's and, not a whole lot that you can say that's gonna offend you, and me. it's
1: the it's where it originates, right? Like if your original intent is to make to be funny, and then that's it another thing.
0: Talking. That's another thing that I always, you know, I don't know if it's a generational thing or if it's a cultural thing, or I don't know, I don't know what it is, but I always appreciated, you know, people that I grew up with that had this. Uh, emotional you know like and and intelligence Mm -hmm. emotional intelligence that uh they were so good at perceiving you know people's context so like so so in a way that like words didn't ever matter you could say anything you could say anything any words no matter what words you know Mm -hmm. and uh the only thing that matters is where the hell you were coming from.
1: Right. You know, like
0: you could say anything, whether it's like sexist or racist or whatever it is, you know, in the right context, you don't get offended. You don't go crying
1: about, you know, I don't know. Like people say, there is such thing as hate speech. I mean, there is such thing. as Well, yeah, like,
0: dude, I know when people are being, you know, coming from a place where it's not friendly. Right. Like, I know that. Yeah. So like, i have friends that call me like you know wet back whatever and uh they're not hispanic uh-huh. but i know where they're coming from yeah. so i don't go like you know don't call me that yeah, yeah yeah you know i think that if it was some guy like i didn't know like you know you would know man you, yeah. you pick up things you know like, I, I don't and know you
1: know it hurts so you wouldn't want to hurt somebody because you know how it like i know how it feels to be called like but even 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 here?
0: with people like I don't know I think it's a like a whole sixth sense thing because even with people that I don't know like if the context of the words that they're saying you know if I know what they're coming from a place where it's not you know cool like like yeah. then I know I can pick it up man you know if it's a guy that's just you know curious about you know how I might be different from them and you know they just say whatever Like I'm not gonna be offend. I'm not gonna you know be crying about it. You know somebody's like genuinely, you know they want to ask me a question about like where I'm from
1: or. It's just, but it does matter though. You but you gotta remember if that person.
0: I think context is the only thing that matters. Right. I don't think that words matter at all. You could. I can. Like I. I want to be able to say anything. Right. No matter what it is, how messed up you know. Yeah. And I wish people wouldn't be like, oh no, like. Like no, know the context, know where I'm coming yeah. from. You know where I'm coming from. Like if um, I think that's 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 the big. That's problem. That's why
1: I think hate speech is undefensible because they come from a place of, like they want to harm like, people. Even
0: if it's not hate speech, you know, and then say like a public figure saying something, and they're just like, "Well, that's not what I meant." Like no, dude, that's what the fuck you meant. Like I know that's <laughs> yeah, like, I know what you meant by you know whatever remarks you made. So it's context. Right. So it doesn't matter you could say it innocently in a way that you're like thinking that you're being diplomatic or in a way that you would think that, that you think that you're being, you know, uh tactful about uh-huh. what you're saying. But no. Like people know. No. People know context. Yeah. So you say anything and then you just try to like, you know, walk it back like, "Oh, I didn't say that. That's not what I meant." Like, "Well, then you fucking suck at talking, don't talk, dude. maybe just shut the fuck up forever, you know, because clearly you can't say anything you know without giving off the you know like if it was just words, then then yeah, you know, but no, words are not the only like body language, yeah. you know context intent. those things you know and and I think, yeah, intent, and I think that's how like you know it it just really says a lot about you know about somebody's intelligence, like the problem with society nowadays is the fact that they lack social skills, they lack communication skills uh-huh. they can't talk to other people, you know, I don't give a shit because I don't talk to <laughs> <guy> anyway so <laughs> no shit. The fuck did you i mean it's kinda up? it's kind of interesting so that that you asked,
1: yeah, no, I just it's kinda I just,
0: interesting, but i I don't really I just can.
1: because I mean you know like. I'm, you know, I respect gay people and LGBTQ and like, you know, the th- he touched on a lot of taboo topics, mm-hmm. right? That nobody, you know, abortion and, you know, like he's like, <laughs> I'm pro-abortion, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I'm against. It just depends on who I got yeah, pregnant. Yeah. You know, it's crazy how he just touched all these uh, scary territories that even comedians are scared to go to. I was like dying laughing i was like yeah because you know what dude
0: like it's so it's it's real yeah it's real that's what people are like people don't really care that much you know like i don't know just an example dude. this is just kind of one of those things that that trigger me a little bit and i try not to get triggered because Uh but say for instance like people are like oh you know like immigrants um Uh, illegal immigrants no 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 i don't have a problem with immigrants i have a problem with illegal immigrants (laughs) it's illegal immigrants that that are just you know whatever destroying i don't know what you know and and to me i'm like dude do you really give a shit man like why do you care like really like like you really care so much about people respecting the laws in this country that you just gotta go and be like nah get, get get them all out build a fucking wall or whatever like, really, dude? You care that much? Like, you gotta be a fucking dickhole. Like,
1: you're just a, dude, you're a loser, dude. Like, go get,
0: go get a fucking, you know, go get a fucking ice cream. So and, they
1: hide their their xenophobia with, like, oh, just respect the laws and, and I'm okay with it. It's yeah. just their xenophobia. They're just trying to hide it. Yeah, like, 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 oh,
0: yeah, just respect our laws, man. <sighs> Bump a Coke, in you line. know, like, <laughs> do a line of
2: Coke. <laughs> it's like, okay, dude.
1: <laughs> just get in line. Yeah.
0: Yeah or you know like okay like you never like you know you never that, been you never been
1: drunk driving Is that what is that what we're talking about then is it is it intent like somebody that's like oh I don't I don't
0: Yeah dude like care. I don't buy it you know yeah. if somebody
1: says oh it's like, about the know. laws
0: yeah then I'm like bullshit dude you're full yeah. of shit because you don't respect the laws yourself yeah. like you, you expect me to believe that you never went drunk driving Yeah you expect me to believe that you never, you know, I don't know, it's, you've broken the law. Dude. Yeah. There's no fucking way that you're a saint, <laughs> you know? Yes, yeah. You're a guy that's never yeah. broken the, like, you're the perfect citizen? Get the fuck out of here, yeah.
1: man. Like, that's. So, that, so therefore, your intent is, it comes from bullshit, a bad It's bullshit, dude. Place. It's just
0: bullshit. Like, why do you give a shit? Yeah, yeah. Why do you care? Yeah. Like, how are these people hurting you in any way? Yeah. You know, if, they they come here, oh, it's so bad that they want their children to be educated. Yeah, 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 Oh, my God, that's the worst fucking thing, dude. And, like, there's those people like, oh, no, no, we got to make it a crime. And it's got to be a crime. If you come to this country, you know, you're a criminal and that's it. Yeah. Like, nah, dude, like, you clearly never broke broken bread with somebody. <laughs> yeah. That, you know, if you know somebody, then, you know, you might not feel the same way. Yeah. But it's you know, that's what it is. It is ignorance. Which is fine, dude. I'm totally fine. I'm very tolerant of, you know, ignorance in in that sense. If people if you don't know anybody, then yeah, sure I understand why you may have those feelings about, mm-hmm. you know, uh very different people or whatever. But uh it's just that hypocrisy is the one thing that, that I'm like, nah dude. I already know what the fuck you mean. Yeah. You no, know, like I saw a documentary one day and, and then this guy that's like a, like a border, uh, one of those Minutemen. No, no, not Border Patrol, but, but those Minutemen.
1: Like those. And uh, he's saying all this civilian shit like. militia Yeah, yeah, guy? yes.
0: Yeah, one of those guys. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, he's saying all this patriotic, you know, quote, like, he's like, oh yeah, like, well, you know, it's like about protection and all this and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, bullshit. <laughs> this dude's a fucking racist dude like, he is a racist no like no question about it uh-huh. like no dude like calm down like this guy like he might not be a racist funniest thing dude like a minute later he's like oh and then he says on tv he's the guy the same guy He's said well you know if god wanted you know uh two different kinds of people to live together like then you know, like, he just started saying, like, the most racist shit. I was like, yeah, dude, I knew it. Like, he didn't have to say that. Yeah. You know, he didn't have to say that for me to know. Yeah. But he was a piece of shit, you know?
1: Like, why do you care? Or, uh so the, the hypocrisy kind of, um like, one of those, uh, it's ironic, but one of those uh, um, head of these conversion clinics just came out as gay <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> like it i'm sure he used the bible and he used you know the scriptures to justify you know why he was anti-gay and then now he's like well I'm, I'm gay. you're just
0: a you're just a fucking asshole yeah you know if you want to go go about your life trying to go change people you're an asshole yeah and you know why people do that because they never get their asses beat you know <laughs> i i believe man that if you are the guy that you know you went to school and then you were like talking shit to somebody and somebody like you know punch you right in the mouth like you don't go about your life doing shit like that yeah uh yeah i don't buy it man those guys that are like oh yeah we'll convert you or you know we can't have we can't have you know a gay marriage like Like, why the fuck? Like, no, you don't get to fucking say who you can marry or who you can love. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't buy that. Like, those people need to get
1: punched in the mouth
0: (laughs) because otherwise they'll never learn. Yeah. I don't think they'll, like, they'll never learn to respect others.
1: I think, I just think, I just think they, um, they use a mask clinic leaders, you know, converting gays or I guess they were trying to, or they try, I think he's still going. They use their mask as the Bible and and yeah, know, the scriptures. Yeah, it's like a it's
0: like a holy cloak. Yeah, and they're trying to cloak or like their, somebody that's like just cloak their gayness,
1: or the person, <laughs> or the person that says, "Oh, just follow the laws, you know. I'm okay with immigration, just not illegal immigration." Like, they're just kind of using the mask of I'm sorry, like, but the law. You know,
0: I mean, if if you if you are like Superman or somebody like like uh, you're just I don't know T J Hooker. You're just like a, I don't know, the best cop in the world, you know, and you're just like a hero and you're not down with it, then I'd be like, okay, that's, that, man, he's, this guy's just, you know, by the book, Yeah, this yeah, guy's yeah. by the book, man, yeah, like yeah. he is, and you know, you know what, actually, if you were like Elliot Ness, uh-huh. like not Elliot, I, I'm sure Elliot Ness was probably a flawed individual, Yeah, you know, but uh, Elliot Ness in that movie, The Untouchables, yeah. And he's like, oh, this is about the law, gentlemen. You know, and as we're going to enforce the law, we will first do by example. You know, and, and I was like, damn, man, that's yeah. that's bad. Like, he yeah. gave David me goosebumps. Tells me. He, like, <laughs> he gave me goosebumps. he was like, oh, man, like, we need cops like that, yeah. man. Like, yeah. But no, man, Like that's, that's not reality, dude. Yeah. I'm sure Elliot Ness, the same, like Kevin Costner, Elliot Ness, uh-huh. would not be like, oh, well, I'm just gonna focus on people coming here legally and getting a fucking job. Yeah. Know? No man. Like I like I said, I, I don't buy it. I never will buy it. Yeah. If you care that much, you're an asshole. That like you you need a hobby. <laughs> like Get a, yeah, get a fucking hobby <laughs> go do something like with your life man like, yeah you're a miserable prick
1: so you say I'm... you would respect somebody more that's just straight up like racist i don't fucking like it. yeah yeah i don't, don't like it so. yeah, like yeah.
0: i would be like oh that's more oh, real that's perfectly fine i'm gonna go fuck off and <laughs> i'm gonna go fuck uh, myself i'm gonna go fuck myself and and try to you know Steer clear, out of your way, yeah. man. Yeah, you know? I, totally I, I totally respect real yeah. I totally respect you being a racist, yeah. and you 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 have every right to be a racist. Yeah, but don't give me that well No, I don't care. As long as they do it, no fuck you, dude. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You're yeah, an yeah. asshole. Yeah, like you, yeah. We you know.
1: can we can sense your your intent.
0: Yeah, we can sense, yeah. We, we know sense where sense you're it. coming from, dude, and you're yeah.
1: just trying to like
0: kind of like sugarcoat. Yeah, and that word.
1: makes you a bigger asshole.
0: Yeah, yeah. You're just an asshole. <laughs> All right,
1: all right, man. Well, everybody, go to band <sighs> camp <laughs> that feel
2: Jesus good? Christ. yeah I felt better
1: I, yeah
0: I felt sorry, people, and you know what um so, sorry man, but like uh just like, like last time you're like, oh dude, you can't say retard,
1: you know, I didn't say that well, I mean said you're, some like, people you're like
0: you're yeah, but you know. But I that's that's like, a good. You know it. what? Like, and and since we had this conversation, it's the perfect, you know, uh, way of explaining. You know, obviously, I would never say that to anybody that was, you know, disabled. Yeah. Like I like "retard" to me is a word that is reserved for you. For, for <laughs> like, like I want to call you a retard, <laughs> or, or one of my like closest friends. You know, I want to call them that. You know, I would never, like, yeah. never. And yeah. that's the that's my point about just words, you know it's a word,
1: you know what and that's that's, all it is. that's part of that's part of, that's one of the reasons why i l- I'm loving what why this is happening is because when you said it and when we were recording it, I was like, I told you I was mm-hmm. like, but when I did the final edit, I left it in because it's like if if we can't be ourselves then then I sh- we shouldn't be doing this, you yeah. know what I mean like mm-hmm. if I cannot just completely be my the realest version that I can be. Then what the fuck, you know? So, Damn. uh, so no man, I get it. I, that's why I always tell out. I'm like, if Kenji wasn't funny, I would be super pissed at him all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but it's fucking funny. So, um, but uh, so I'm enjoying this. Um, look for Wesley Watkins music on Bandcamp. Cosmic Slim, the album is called Rain. It's beautiful music. Very,
0: very galactic. Very galactic.
1: He's a space cadet.
0: Space cadet. Yeah.
1: All right. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you soon.